This is the Business on Top podcast with Shane Chernoff, VJ Patel, and Ben Siegel. You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants. Look, I'm wearing a belt. I got big boy pants on. And I was like, oh, damn, like, I didn't get a picture for the gram. Woody Williams was career 132 and 116 and was an all-star in 2003 for the Cardinals. Nice. Who came up with that band name? Chumbawamba. I don't know. It's like Oompa Loompa, but Chumbawamba. The Business on Top Podcast. I am back. What it do, baby? Woo! (laughs) We're live. We're getting right into it here on a Friday night on the Business on Top Podcast. It is March Madness. I was thinking about what I was doing at this time last year. I was like, why don't I remember any of the tournament last year? And it's because there was none. There was none. None. And I'm still salty about it because last year was FSU's best basketball year ever in school history. And they had a good shot at making the Final Four, maybe winning a national championship. Cry about it, bro. Yeah, I'm still crying (laughs) a year later. That's why they had to put up the banner, uh, number one one regional finalist or something like that. (laughs) Number one seed. Hang it up if you got it. I guess it is. Yeah. A, it is unfortunate because uh, like if UF was in the same position, we would have been like the same. We way. did it for baseball. I I have complained <clears throat> that that UF team was so good, and they were sixteen and one at the time that uh, sixteen and COVID one started. Yeah. Well, the Ooh. one was to Florida State. They're not nearly as good of a team this year as they are last year, which kind of defies all logic because you'd think that they retained everybody. They didn't lose anybody to um, the majors, but. <laughs> Whatever. We've but, already seen some stunning upsets today. Oral Roberts. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Bracket Buster, number one. What was it? The second game of the day? Or was it the first? You said bust in the same sense as Oral Roberts. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Marsh Madness here. <laughs> I know he's not touching that one. But, uh, you know, a 15 over a 2, I feel like it happens more frequently. I feel like over the years we've started to see more upsets like a 16 over a one. Do you remember when that happened when UMBC beat uh, Virginia? Mm-hmm. That was one of those games where you thought that maybe the 16 would play the one close, and you always just think that the one is going to run away with it at the end, and it just never happened in that game. But now we're seeing lower seeded teams, the 14s, the 15s, See, sort of stun other teams. You say that, and then if you go and do a bracket, you can't pick those teams because. You know when upset's going to happen. Whoever it's, would. It's, Wh- whoever yeah, would know but, how to but pick that. Your head tells you go with the safer option, which is picking the higher-seeded team. And that's why that's why no one's ever had a perfect bracket because you can't predict who's going to get upset. And it's it's tough. It's You take it one game at a time, and any team can beat anyone once they're in the tournament. So, Do you have memories of March Madnesses from years past and things that you did in college and – and high school, I mean, there's there are different times in my life when I remember um, games from March Madness and tournaments from March Madness. One of them was Carmelo Anthony when he was a freshman at Syracuse, leading them to a national championship. Obviously, mm-hmm. being from Long Island, I'm sure you have fond memories of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Emeka Okafor was on that team too, or was that no. uh, North Carolina? He was UConn. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I was a pretty big Hughes fan before I went to Florida State so Melo's obviously like a god to me um that was a crazy year um I know you guys had some UF memories that 
You know, that's uh, interesting, though, because neither of us were at the school yet. How did you process that? Because I was, you know, I was a Miami Hurricanes fan growing up in South Florida until the day that I got into UF. I don't know if that's the first time that I'm revealing that on the air. I think we might have some some breaking news. I think we need some, like, breaking news imaging for this. Wait, how am I processing what? Like the, well, how did you process the back-to-back national championships? Did you care? Did you hate? No, because did I didn't. UF? Did you love them? No, because were, I, I, I wouldn't. Think, I wasn't a college basketball fan until after I got to UF. I don't. Were you? A, I don't think any of us were after. college fans. Were you a college fan of anything? Yeah, I wasn't no. either. Other I was than Syracuse. A, I was a huge Miami Hurricanes baseball and football fan. Basketball, they weren't really that good for a really long time. And there was a couple of years where they had Tim James. They had uh, Jack McClinton. Jimmy but, Graham. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Graham was a power forward for a little while before he realized that his best sport was basketball. Football. Ah, thank you. Wasn't paying attention for a change. <laughs> but, uh, you know, UF's been in the in the past couple of tournaments, and it's nice kind of going to – having been to UF and everything school, it was nice to get that pivot where no matter what season it is, we know that UF is always a contender for the postseason. Speaking of UF basketball, I'll never forget when they played Ohio State because I was on a cruise with a chef we had on. Remember cruises? Uh, yeah. Chef Butthole? Yeah, Chef – Beep. And uh, <laughs> we were on a cruise, and they had the game on like the big screen. Like we were at, we were out at sea actually that night, so there, we had nothing to do, and uh, we weren't old enough to like drink or go to the casino. So we we watched the game, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget. It was Ohio State UF, and um, yeah, was God. out in the middle of an ocean during the, that game. Those those years uh, really were amazing. Like, how did we have fun at bar mitzvahs without booze? Shirley Temples. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we I got, got every time I went to a bar mitzvah. You got and, drunk like, off Shirley to... Temples. Yeah, that, that's the sugar t- high. Totally, totally the placebo. I, I mean, have you had a Shirley Temple outside of a bar mitzvah? Have you ever ordered no. a Shirley? I, I haven't. One time, one time. I mean, but it was again. I went to a bar. Yes, you must have had some weird. I went looks. to a bar for New Year's <laughs> and I wasn't twenty-one. It's not like I'm going out now as a twenty-nine-year-old and like go up to the bar. Hey, can you make me a Shirley Temple? <laughs> Although I should, a spike Shirley we, Temple. I want to Instagram live that. We should all go to a bar and order Shirley Temple and like watch the reaction. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, all right. El Camino. Let's, let's do it now. Uh, inching, <laughs> inching ever closer to uh, Tequila Mania, as mm-hmm. you as you described it off air. Yep. Uh, God, I, I really am looking forward. Memorable to Memorable moments mm-hmm. in college of like basketball or. Anything like that. We uh, have I, mean, bad, we, I feel like you and I have bad ones being roommates at UF and remembering all the times that we almost went to the Final Four. Because we got there in 2010 after when we had the back-to-back basketball championships. To the Final or, Four? No, no, no. Yeah, so we got to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Three out of, three. We got to the Elite Eight four out of four years. Every single year that VG and I were an undergrad, they made it to the Elite Eight. Had leads, our fresh, like big leads, significant leads, uh, freshman and sophomore year did not win either of those games. One year I was working at um, UF baseball. The other year I was working at Auntie Anne's, so I didn't get to. Uh, God, we could probably carry a whole segment on when I worked at Auntie Anne's. Coming soon, yeah. That, <laughs> we'll wait for that segment. But uh, they ended up losing that game. Junior year they just got rocked by Michigan, and then finally they ended up playing Dayton in 2014. Got to the Final Four and ended up losing the seven seed UConn. And that was the year we were the number one national seed. So there's a lot of like pain and disappointment, but at the same time, like four elite eights we is pretty good. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
I remember going to, I remember going to Mother's Pub, uh, on that was back when FGCU. This was, I believe, our junior year. That's when they the, were good in the Sweet Sixteen when FGCU was Dunk City. Dunk City, yeah. And we uh, dunk Dunk City all the way back to you know, Fort, Fort Myers, Myers or wherever the hell they were from, and uh, then just got totally destroyed by by Michigan in the in the next round. Have you guys filled out a bracket? I haven't yet. Yeah, I probably should. I didn't really follow college basketball. That, I mean, it's been tough following sports. Like, I mean, obviously last year, and then even this year, it's kind of. I've been kind of hesitant outside of baseball because I just get that weird feeling that something's going to get canceled. Yeah. And I don't want to put my heart into like following and keeping up. And then, well, that's the thing. I, I changed my pick because I thought Virginia was going to go to the Final Four, and then I realized that they had a COVID case in the ACC. So I then predicted them not to go far based on the fact that COVID might keep them out. Yeah, well, it's so weird that like when Vegas handicappers have to consider stuff like that. Yeah. When they're setting the odds for who's going to win the national championship. Well, hopefully this yeah. is the last year that that'll be like that. I hope and so. After, or not even the last year. Hopefully this is the last sports tournament, playoff, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, a, a positive COVID case is, is a, I guess, a, factor. a thing. Yeah. 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 This is the first year since 2010 that I've actually haven't followed uh, college basketball as much. I haven't Which watched one game outside of FSU's games. I haven't watched one college basketball game. I've yeah, that's I, crazy. I, today's game against Virginia Tech was the first UF game that I've watched, and even then, I only watched the last five minutes. Yeah. Uh, as far as Florida State goes, I actually have watched more Florida State games because my roommate is a Florida State fan. But I think Good everyone's man. just playing a guessing <laughs> game when they're filling out their bracket right now. Yeah, Nobody I mean, has it, any idea. No one's watched anything. No, you can study all the stats. You can, you know, you spend hours, like, dissecting all the information, strength of schedule. It doesn't matter. Right. That's the beauty of March Madness. It doesn't matter. It's the beauty of college sports in general, Look, I think. March Madness, they, there's an octopus, like, picking out of a tank, like, just randomly pointing. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, my true. God. And they it's do like, even better than we do. Yeah. It's it's a crapshoot. Have so. you seen the Corgi? Have you seen the Corgi? Yeah, with the... The, the ball, poke, yeah, taking her stupid little nose and poking. Yeah, people are doing whatever. I mean, let's just can. show you how big of like a crapshoot that something is. There. <laughs> no, that dog knows more. Okay? Yeah, well, it probably it's does. a genius dog. <laughs> it's it's Dick Vitale's dog. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh, I probably didn't pick Ohio State losing. Do you have fond memories? Because I know that Florida State probably their best year was. Uh, I want to say it was our sophomore year. They made the Sweet 16. And Best year, like, while I was in school? While you were there. Um, they made a run. I know we, you and I are going to talk about something real quick. I know I looked at you, and immediately we thought the same thing. It was probably my junior year, I think, when we won our first, or maybe not our first, I don't know what number, but ACC championship. We beat Duke. We were coming back from, I think, a game. I think we, we might have been coming back from – I don't know, but I remember listening to it on the radio, and we won the ACC championship. That was big, and uh, we lost. I think that was the year we lost to. Um, we made it to the Elite Eight. We lost to VCU. Oh, VCU I beat remember us in that. Overtime. I totally forgot about that. And but now I remember. V- I don't remember who VCU lost to in final in the Final Four, but um, that was our best shot before last year of making it to the finals. Yeah, so you and I have briefly talked about our favorite moment. Um, one of them was at, at Mother's Pub, and that was junior year when we beat FGCU. 
but probably the best moment of watching Gator basketball came after we graduated. Oh, yeah. Well, wait, who were we playing that game? That was Wisconsin. Wisconsin? That was, that was Wisconsin because, you know, Wisconsin's known for cheese, and we had cheese, Chris Chioza, making yeah, the, Chioza the game-time with the game. shot yep. to take it to overtime. That was a legendary game and, and a great year. And then, honestly, is the beginning of kind of my life as I know it because that was right after I had gotten hired uh, at my current job. Right. The best part of that was the restaurant, Duffy's, like, We closed down them. that bar. They, they, they were closed, and they were like, all right, we'll keep it open for you guys to watch the game, to finish the game. Yeah. Sh- sh- so shout out wow. to Duffy's. Shout sure. out to Duffy Sports Girl for keeping that place open so we could we could watch us win in overtime. And then inevitably, like true Gator basketball fashion, we were disappointed because they lost to the seven seed South Carolina and uh, lost in the Elite Eight. Super on brand for the Florida Gators. How was your guys' week? I haven't I haven't seen you guys uh, since we did the show last, last week. Last week, yeah, yeah, last Thursday. Everything right. good? Well. You had a big. Oh yeah. What, what about you? you? Big, Don't big, ask us. Uh, What'd you do? Event. I did. You're alive. Yeah. Let, let's let's circle back to that. We're gonna take a quick break and we're going to recap the weekend. Um, we'll get you some sights and sounds of the week and then we will ratchet into um, our Taco Bell in spring training thoughts. But Plus, first, oh. I want to hear your thoughts on the election coming back from the break. All right. First thing when we come back. The business on top podcast. We will get to my thoughts on last year's election in just a second, <laughs> but first... You ran a lot, you swam a lot, you biked a lot oh, this past weekend. Yeah, and two of those were a lot easier than the third thing, so, and it wasn't the one that you thought it would... If I told you you had to swim a quarter mile, do you think that would be easy? Easy? No. I think I could do it, though. Yeah, so I swam a... Tri- well, I, I did a triathlon over the weekend. Um, my first race ever if you've been listening to the show i've been training for that for a while even though the only thing that i really did was uh mostly run and then the week before i tried to get in the pool and hop on the bike for the first time let's uh well claire yeah clarify because triathlons is a a lot of it was a sprint a triathlon okay. so there's a lot of different events there are people who uh, must have a lot of time on their hands because they were doing like the ultra marathon where I had finished up by 11 a.m. and they had started at 7 and they were still going where they had to like run, you know, 13 miles and bike 50 and swim two. Those people are out of their minds. Uh, impromptu, get out of here. If you are running or if you're swimming two miles and you're basically running a half marathon, get out of here. Get a life. Um, <laughs> Wait, I, real quick. Pause, 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 pause. Wait, should we go live? You want to go live for a tri- the triathlon segment or no? I mean, we Man. can. Well, no. another I mean, time. Another time. We're going to go live. I think we're going to play a little bit of basketball. We had talked about this in my apartment. <laughs> if somebody <laughs> wants to set their phone the up and go live, that's fine. We are going to go live. We're going to shoot around a little bit. We're going to have our own March Madness. We're going to do oh, a horse no. tournament. That's what we should do. No, not today. March Madness horse tournament coming up later post Taco Bell. Business on Top is going to give you a late-night treat. We're going to play a little bit of horse, but we're going to play BOT. It's going to be a little shorter. All right, let's go back to the triathlon. So I don't ben, really know. Ben trying to prevent the show from going off I, the rails. I don't really know too much about it. I know you guys spoke a little the other day, like Shane told you a little bit about it, but 
I really don't. I have a, me- I, I know I have a medal, too. I can go get that if you uh, like. All I know is Shane finished, I so I have a lot of questions about it. I'm sure VJ has questions, too. So I guess um, question one would be the swim, which you were most afraid of. How'd it go? It was worse than I even thought. It was like worse than I could have ever imagined. You know, I thought the adrenaline was going to carry me through, and it's super easy for any of us to just kind of like go outside and run a quarter of a mile, right? The problem with the swim is once you get past the, well, number one, we were swimming in a freshwater lake. So there's red clay at the bottom of it. So the water was red. So when you're swimming through cold, red, fresh water, um, number one, it's terrifying because you don't know like what kind of bacteria is in that stuff. And at the same time, you've got nowhere to go but down if you run out of gas. So it got to a point where when I got to the 150 meter mark, I was exhausted and there was a lot of race to go at that point. So it was just a matter of me floating on my back, doing the backstroke and just trying to get to shore in one piece so I could start biking and running. At any point, did you think to signal to the lifeguard, like, get me out of here? Oh, I I didn't signal to the lifeguard to get me out of here, but there, luckily war, there were lifeguards. So about, you know, close to halfway through, I had to call for one of them to throw me a float. And you can just kind of sit sit around, like, hang on that. And I was just making small talk with them. I was like, hey, we got a great day for this, right? I just, <laughs> I just don't want to die. So uh, I was talking with them about that for a little bit. One of the things that people don't... Well, one of the things you hear about triathlons, absolutely true. People will try to shove you underwater to get ahead and swim around you. And they won't even swim around you. They'll swim over you. They'll swim through you. I can't tell you. I probably had at least four or five arms reach down, grab my shoulder, and try to push me underwater to get ahead in, uh, in the middle of basically everybody starting their race. So if anybody was considering doing a sprint triathlon, for the swimming part, just hang back. Wait for everybody to go ahead of you. and Or get uh, ready to fight. Or get ready to fight. I <laughs> In mean, the like, water? Yeah. If, you, if you got strong lungs, like, more power to you. But uh, I don't know. I enjoy living, so. Fair enough. The bike was nice, though, because I was in Claremont, which is, like, at 30 miles outside of Orlando. And uh, the weather wasn't, wasn't too bad in the morning. It was, like, all 60. It was, it was high 60s. So by the time that I got out of the water... I hopped on the bike, and uh, it was like a nice leisurely ride. It wasn't too bad at all. And then the the run started to get – it warmed up quick. So by the time that I finished the run, it was probably about 83 degrees. And I got weird triathlon tans, which, Ben, if you want to post it on the video, I can send you a photo of my weird triathlon tans. Yeah, as we'll long post as I, it up here. As long as I don't have to censor anything out. No. no. <laughs> everything's good. It's a, save, that, uh, save that for BOT after dark. But, um, Our calendar. You can oh, see, I don't know. <laughs> Hang on, can you see it now? Can you? It's super, still there. It's super faint. Can you oh, see yeah, my? Can, can you see, see my number on my yeah. uh, triathlon tan? Wow, that's what wow. happens when you don't get out much. And what do they do? They stick you a tat, like a tattoo on you? Yeah. Or, all right, so, you don't have to flex. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. No doing flex that. zone. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. I'm already. 
excited. <laughs> no. Excited. Um, what they get? They give you these like temporary tattoos. Do you remember you had a kid when you were a kid? You were like put a quarter in the machine. They gave you like these little. When you had a kid? <laughs> no, I don't remember when I had a kid. Thankfully. Remember yeah. when you were a kid but didn't have a kid? Yes. And they gave you those like uh, a quarter, yeah, like, and you go get like those temporary yeah, tattoos. That's what it was. Pretty much. You just have to spray water on it. You leave it on for forty-five seconds. You take it off, and and your number's there. So that way. Which I spoke to some of the people at the triathlon, and by the way, uh, Daniel from the triathlon, um, Gabe from the triathlon, Joe from the triathlon, shout out. Those guys are super helpful. It was my first time. Um, those guys had been on a couple, and you know they were happy to talk to me and kind of give me um, some tips. They even gave me some energy chews. Uh, the triathlon community, super cool. You wouldn't you wouldn't think that, but uh, yeah, everybody's everybody was really chill. Nice. Did you know that they have a college triathlon kind of league? The Gators triathlon team had their tent set up right next to our bike rack area. Hmm. No. It's interesting. For sure. But I, they, they, everyone does a sprint, though, right? It's not like a full I, triathlon. I think some of them do the intermediate. Okay. Which Wait, there's is, an intermediate? I think, I think so, but it's like the intermediate is like 13-mile run. The intermediate and the wait uh, isn't it? Wouldn't that be the full triathlon? I guess it would. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I was doing the sprint. <laughs> so I, I know that I know that a lot of the uh, UF people did the sprint, and the cool thing was uh, they before they got in the water, they all did. It's great to be a Florida Gator. I said it's great to be. See, like, that would be the part where, like, when I would go for the swim part, I would make sure that they were in front of me, and I would push (laughs) two. An ambush. But I think that's cool. I I wonder how they've been. Yeah. It's like, are you swimming? Are you holding a guy's head down under there? (laughs) I just imagine Ben just, like, grabbing somebody, like... By the by, the triathlon suit, like pulling them out of the water. Hey, it's Mario Kart in the water. And then guys. just like Tom, tomahawk chopping them in the face, <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> so, would so are you, you guys doing the next one with me? I'm down. No, I'm down, and I we will, gotta, I'm gonna win. We gotta train in the pool every Saturday, so it needs to become like BOT needs to end up being a sleepover, and then on Saturdays we have to train in the pool until we can competently swim 400 meters, no problem. I'm, I'm out for now. So 400, <laughs> 400 meters is is uh, back and forth on an Olympic-length pool four times, just so you know. Um, I figure that that would be fine, but the thing that you underestimate is when you're in the water, it's not like you can hang out at your community pool and put your feet on the bottom. I mean, you're, you're either moving or you're going straight down. So that was the toughest part. The, the bike and the run were, were honestly not too bad. So before I actually sign up for another, and I wasn't aware of how many because they give you just so much advertising material of when the next triathlon is, I'm going to need to get better in the pool. That's that's my thing. So I feel like I have a lot of questions, but I can't think of all of them right, uh, right now. Oh, well, okay, here's a question. What was your time? So my time was, I believe it was 141, and part of that was because I was just so relieved to be out of the water that when I tri- I was in the transition stage from bike or from swim to bike, I was just hanging out, sipping on Gatorade, um, and I texted my family. I said, hey, I made it out of the water alive, so you guys don't have to worry about me anymore. So what's um, your goal time then, ideally? Under an hour? 
Uh, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, I don't think I could do it, only because usually when I run a tri uh, when I run the five k, the run part, that would usually take me twenty six or twenty seven minutes, and then eight miles on the bike would probably take. I think my my goal time would be to finish under one ten. One under one ten would be ideal, and you got to remember the transitions. It's interesting, like how quickly. You see people ride down the hill in their bikes and will literally sprint, like throw their bike back in the pen. And there are people that take this very seriously who change from biking shoes into running shoes. I had my running shoes and I was just riding my bike with my running shoes and I felt very underprepared. Also, some people tell me that there are $10,000 bikes that were in the stables. I didn't even know that there were bicycles that cost any more than like oh yeah, five, five digits for a bicycle. Yeah. It's a piece of aluminum. I'm looking at it right over there. I don't yeah. know about it's that. Like, <laughs> it's like you finish, like you just uh, fly through the swim real quick and you try to run over. Take somebody <laughs> else's bike. <laughs> You're like a $10,000 bike. You haul ass and instead of like getting off for the run, you just drive off with it. Perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> I just got a great idea. I'm going to go sign up for a triathlon and steal some bikes. We're going to get back to you with some spring training thoughts <laughs> and uh, set up the BOT March Madness event coming up next. We don't endorse stealing. The Business on Top podcast. I decided that I wanted to do a sportsy uh, show today. One of the things that happened over the weekend that I thought was incredible. I mean, did you guys see this? There was the technically the longest at bat in MLB history. Oh, that was amazing. It. Have you seen the breakdown of it that was on on YouTube? I haven't because seen the breakdown, but the I circumstances are kind of incredible. Because I think the guy's name is was it Jordan Hicks? It was his first. It was his first inning or batter. It was back. his first work back since 2019 because he opted out of 2020. And I believe he had Tommy John in 2019. Mm -hmm. And they were supposed to let him go an inning. And because uh, Luis Guillorme of the Mets worked a 22-pitch at bat after going down 0-2 in the count. Yeah. Think about that. You're protecting the plate for 22, well, basically 20 pitches after going down 0-2. Mm -hmm. That is insane. And to draw a walk from that, it's incredible. Does that at bat get as much, I don't want to say credit, but as much publicity if he gets out i, I think so think, i think so because even if he strikes out in the third pitch that's still the longest at bat that we've ever seen because nobody was really talking about the walk yeah, a lot of people true. were just talking about the, the amount of the guys in the dugout were super excited yeah, about yeah, the walk if you've seen it because i think by everyone was sitting in the dugout and i think by pitch 14 you had guys that were starting to come out on on the front step yeah so for those not familiar with with uh you know the way that baseball works is it is three strikes and you're out, and but you can keep fouling, fouling pitches off in a perpetuity. So when you have somebody that is just barely getting a piece of pitches, especially for a pitcher like that who is throwing 100 miles per hour, like that's not a small feat. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, we've seen a couple of 20-pitch at-bats. If you've seen um, the pitches... Uh, most pitches, <laughs> most pitches thrown of all time, but yeah. 22 was the most. 21 was the previous record. Yeah. 21 was the regular season game, but we saw Luis Guillorme really take it to a, a whole, no yeah, a whole other level. Regardless, I don't think that at bat, um, Guillorme wasn't going down 0-2. No, yeah, regardless of the if he walked or not, it was a quality at bat, which is like something 
What's the most pitches you've ever seen in an at-bat? Me? Yeah, like Uh, guesstimate. I mean, you're not counting when you're up at the plate, but... The most I've ever had was maybe 10. Because you you had a pretty high on-base percentage, so you you saw a lot of pitches more than your average hitter. I was a very defensive hitter, Yeah. so I would say 10 to 11 was like the most I ever saw. That's a lot. Yeah, which is a good amount, yeah. You but twenty two, like think about twenty two. Yeah. Right, that's versus, three. That's ba- almost. It's basically twice times. as many. Yeah, quick mass. It's just wow. Yeah, <laughs> let alone with somebody, somebody who has good stuff. It's one thing where you, you have a guy that's got a lot of control and he's throwing like a lot of eighty four mile per hour like changes on the edge and ninety one. This guy was throwing a oh, hundred with the heat and then was going off speed. You know, with the change at like 92, 91. Now, I've heard of Guillaume before, but is he on the bubble with the Mets or is he is he's, he fighting for a roster spot? He is supposed to be our uh, utility defensive infielder. He is consensus the best defender in the entire organization. If both him and Juan Lagares, who we used to have and not anymore, if they get hit, they would be uh, some of the most sought after players in baseball because of how good they are defensively. Wait, so is he not starting? No. I mean, there's nowhere for him to go. Oh. There's nowhere for him to go. See, because... so, like, that's kind of weird because you think, it, right, because uh, especially he... now in the majors, teams typically use a lot of their bench spots for their bullpen. So you want guys on your bench that can hit, typically. I guess the NL is different than the AL. But... Yeah, well, they had a chance to make it the same. Yeah, they, they voted they... against the universal DH, which they can be a... that. Yeah, which can be a part of a – Another yeah. special edition pod of How to Fix Baseball Part 2. So it's kind of surprising that a guy who's very defensive-minded or, like, it doesn't really have a, a bat to have a roster spot, I guess, locked down. You'd think of a guy like that, he'd be fighting. He's not – I don't think he's a below-the-Mendoza line kind of hitter, you know, somebody who's going to hit under 200, but at the same time um, – He's not an all-star. No, I mean he's gonna hit. He's gonna hit about two fifty probably. That's, yeah, that's two, fine. Two seventy in a good year. That's plenty fine, especially and, for someone. And that's what it's gonna. That's what he's gonna yeah. be. I mean, you have that. And if you look at any championship team, you probably have somebody that comes off the bench to just be a defensive replacement and save hits and be a good instinctive fielder and make sure that you can protect the lead. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect defensive player for that because the bats are there, right? At least for the Mets, you got Alonzo, you got McCann, who's um, I think hit 280 last year and had a couple home runs at catcher, um, McNeil, Lindor, and JD Davis at third. So yeah, pretty good. The the pieces are in place, although now I'm starting to see the injuries. Uh, Cookie Carrasco is already out six to eight weeks with a, a hamstring strain. So typical Mets. No, all right, Yankees well, aren't in the same boat. Like we worry about injuries all year too. We might as so. well get it out of the way now. Let's do the MLB. Should we do MLB predictions? Season predictions. <laughs> oh god! Just you know real what? quick, not Let's a full, it. not a full prediction, but like World Series matchup or, or or a team you think is like your pick. That's not the team you root for. You know, I want Dodgers. I, I do want to do this. I want to. Uh, I want to go. That's through, too easy. I want to go through six. We'll go through six divisions. We'll start with the. We'll start with the NL, and I'll start. Um, I think the Braves are going to win the division again. Until I see that there is another team that can top them, I know Juan Soto is good for the Nationals. I know the Marlins made the playoffs last year. Until the Braves uh, show that there is some kind of dent in the armor and they don't win the division, they're going to be my pick. As far as the Central Division, 
I think the Cardinals are going to come out strong. The Cardinals have a, a great lineup top to bottom, uh, good management. Uh, Mike Schilt has done a, a very good job with that organization, and he's taken them pretty far. Dodgers are the defending champions. I've got them in the West. What about you guys for the NL? I'd agree with all your picks, I guess. I mean, the Central's always a toss-up. It's always... We, I mean, know, I, honestly, we know it won't be the Pirates. Uh, yeah, the Pirates. The Brewers might surprise out. some people. I, I got the, the Brewers, Mets in your division. Okay. I like the... Um, I like the. I, I like that. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I think there's something about the Reds. I don't know. The Reds seem like a, a team that might get hot in the second half. I, I don't know if they will. I mean, the Cardinals and the Cubs are both usually at the top. But. Jesse Winker. <laughs> yeah. Maybe MVP candidate. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Um, Frankie, get him on. Um, who knows? But I mean, I think I maybe I think the Reds can make a little run. Maybe they'll be my turn into my Orioles. That's pick your dark horse. Where, yeah. yeah. Um, Red Reds. If you're a handicapper, pick the Reds. To go zero and thirty. Do, do they still have jo- Joey Votto? Yeah, he didn't. He's go still anywhere. there. Um, All right, let's look it up. I want to say yes, but I know something happened with him the this offseason. Did he retire? He might have retired. No, no way. No, I feel like we would have known about Joey Votto. He's not that old. No, but he, I think no. He, Joey Votto is pretty old. Joey Votto's been playing for almost. He's 15 in his like mid now. to late thirties. Fifty years old. Joey Votto is four hundred years old. <laughs> He's thirty-seven. Oh, that is old. Um, Holy shit! And he is making twenty million dollars this year and still playing first base for the Reds. Oh there you go. my God! Thirty-seven. Jesus! How many emails are you getting? It's yeah, Nine o'clock many. at night. His OnlyFans popping up. Yeah, <laughs> all his, his renewal for the month. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I swear to God, baby, this never happens. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're all excited for baseball. I think this is gonna be the first sport where we're all hoping to attend an event again together. Oh, yep. it, and and when we do, trust me, you will see it first at yeah. Business on Top. On the gram, we'll yeah. do a and, live, live. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say we might just grab the phone. We'll do just a voice memo, and we'll hang out in the outfield, and we'll give that to you on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to us on Business on Top. Let's wrap it up with the American League. I think the Yankees are gonna be the team to beat in the AL East. I just think on paper that team is is too good not to win the division. You know the red. It's usually between the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Red Sox in past years haven't been as good. Um, I know that the the Rays made a run last year, but they don't have Blake Snell anymore. Uh, by the way, in the in the West, let's not discount the Padres, even though that the the Dodgers oh, are probably the, the team to beat because the Padres are loaded. Yeah. Anyway, circling back to the AL Central. Gosh, that's a division that's that's wide open. I think it's either like going to be White Sox. I think it's either going to be Cleveland or Minnesota, but the White Sox with Tony La Russa. 80 million year old Tony Larusa managing that team. They might get there. And uh, in the AL West, I haven't really given it a lot of thought. You know, I probably won't be the Houston, Mariners. I think right? I'm going to go with Houston. I think I think Oakland's going to surprise a lot of people. Okay, I, they I always think, surprise I think, people in the beginning. Yeah, Oakland. They have Oakland. They have the bats that they need to to contend and make a deep run in the playoffs. The only question with Oakland is whether the relief pitching is going to come through. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than really the Padres, I feel like not. I don't know. I can't really think of a team that really the black. Honestly, in the East, I'm the team. Not really the Rays. I'm worried about, but the Blue Jays, because they signed Springer and they signed Marcus Semien, 
and their lineup is very loaded. So I think Bo-Bichette. the Blue Jays, yeah, sounds Bo-Bichette like some Vlad. young guys. Sounds yeah. like we need to get to Canada this summer when they open the borders oh. to get a little scouting report. We need the to scout them out, scout them out, maybe scope out like the town to see where the players may be spending their do an do time. an interview at a couple bars on Yonge Street. I I, <laughs> yeah. I like I like that idea. What are your World Series predictions? I think the Mets won't win the division. I think they will win the World Series. Oh. I This is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think 2021 is going to be a very good year for us. I think the Mets will beat the Indians in the 2021 World Series. Wow. Or the, Mets team, Indians. To, the team to be formerly known as the Indians. Okay. Mets versus Cleveland. Um I mean, I'm going to go boring. I'll go Yankees-Dodgers. I was about tough. to say. You know, oh, it's God. tough. It's kind of tough to not It's the most reasonable that. prediction, yeah, I would that's, say. I was reasonable. I definitely think the Dodgers out of the NL. It's the best team on paper out of the AL versus the best team on paper out of the NL. So yeah. that's not surprising at all. We'll have to give an update maybe a month. Maybe every month we'll give an update, see if our picks change. But I'm going Yankees-Dodgers. Well, now we have it confirmed. It's going to be on Spotify. VJ Patel, your pick for the World Series. Who's your winner? Remember, this is going out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The record books are going to be written down here. Who do you got? I well, I was agreeing with Ben. It was going to be Yankee Dodgers, uh, and I, I, I think the Yankees have enough pieces now to to pull through and win that twenty-eight. It's been too long. Number twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Well, well the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, we're going to see what happens when it, when this season comes, and the good thing is. We're not going to have to wait till July for a season. It's right around the corner. This was by far our most sportsy business on top episode 26. For now, grab a beer, grab a hot dog, enjoy the great outdoors, look forward to some baseball, enjoy your weekend. Uh, Coming up next, we are going to have the BOT March Madness Horse Tournament coming up next on Instagram Live. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Our Taco Bell's coming. Woo! Get the music. We still don't endorse stealing. (laughs) 